Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're with Late Lunch this Halloween afternoon, and I'm delighted to be joined again on the show by Father David Jones. He's a hermit monk who lives in the Northeast. David, you're very welcome to the show again. Good to see you. Thanks, Jerry and yourself. May I begin by asking you about this time, Halloween. What a fantastic time it is for children. Ghosts and ghouls, spirits and witches. It's a bit of fun, but you have a slightly different take on this. Yeah, well, you see, there's more to it than meets the eye. If it were just a bit of fun, uh, but the thing is that the fun is unfortunately, celebrating the dark side. And that's the spooky bit, because people aren't aware that actually all that's behind it is not just neutral. And what do you mean by the dark side? What are you getting at? Well, what's happening basically is that we're revamping something which is pagan, which is Celtic, the Savin festal season of getting back the light. You see... All saints has recuperated all that in the Christian atmosphere, but unfortunately the old thing is coming back. We think that uh, the celebration of all saints on the 1st of November was in some way a way of getting back what had been for donkey's ears in the hands of the other side, when towards that time, in the Celtic period, remember, that would have been the beginning of the year again, or sort of heading for the solstice. And therefore, it was the time when the spirit world was thought to be closest to this world, when the frontier was very, very thin between this world and the next and all that goes with it. But then, you see, because of the dark side, you know the story of the Druids, um, they were very much involved with power, but they were getting it from the dark side, and that's why people were afraid of them. They had power, and involving also power over life and death, because the other side delights in sacrifice, and that involved human sacrifice. There was a lot of it going on at that time of year. And so that's the dark side that people don't realise is being recuperated now subtly through this. So the dark side you're referring to really is Satan and his works. Now, you mentioned Samhain there, the Celtic festival, and this time of year it's the window to winter, darkness, death, rebirth, a stillness as well. Is that pagan? Is that anti-Christian? Well, it's life. You see, basically, we've not come from the moon. We've come from whatever brought us here. We've inherited life, and it's a long, long time before we get on track, and therefore this backlog is still there. Now, we must remember that the whole victory of Christian light and grace over this was it was getting over this question of having to have blood, having to have demonic forces, being oppressed by things above oneself. If you compare now the desperate atmosphere around Stonehenge or near here in Newgrange, some kind of insurance policy against the dark. Well, that is all obliterated by the explosion of the resurrection. So now to go back to that, one is questioning why. And you believe that, you know, Halloween when I was growing up as a child was quite simple. We dressed up, we went round the doors, we sang, we got a few coppers for ourselves, we maybe lit a fire, we celebrated with food. Today, you now have a massive Halloween festival that is unrecognisable from even my childhood, David, what it was, with all that's involved. Do you believe that there are sinister forces 
behind this whole commercialization, this whole drive of Halloween? Indeed, because as you're saying, when I was young, it was innocent. Because remember, actually, in when I was living as a student uh, in the seminary, because I was doing classics, I was living in a seminary, and it was in the hands of Carmelites. And the prior for Halloween would, with the rest of them, go on his knees and try to get these apples from the bowl. Uh, it was a bit of fun. But people don't realise, actually, that that's reproducing in a toned-down way. The ancient, ancient Celtic thing... Do you know what they used to do with these apples? It goes right back. Apparently what it was was this. Uh, they would go around, being sent by the Druids, to uh, houses or the equivalent thereof in these ancient times, and they would give them a choice. Either they would give them what we would call a treat... Or the other. So if they got what they wanted, it was actually a human being, preferably a child, preferably a slave. But if it wasn't available, they would give one of their own away. And that would be carted off then to the place of eventual ritual sacrifice. And the only way that they could get out of it was to get out of this solution of mead, some kind of apple juice or whatever it was. It was something which is actually boiling at a very high temperature at its boiling point of 212 degrees Fahrenheit and this particular liquid if you had to put your face to it already the fumes coming from that would start to destroy your skin would uh, make you eventually deaf um, would damage your throat permanently make you blind or partially and it was pretty difficult under those conditions to get your feet your teeth or anything near these uh, apples and if you got one you might get away sort of half alive otherwise you were one of the victims. And though they were honouring their gods, as it were, it was actually a sacrifice, ultimately, without their knowing it, to Satan, because God doesn't want it. So these were being put inside this massive wicker, wicker man, and they would be uh, burnt, essentially, uh, to death. And so that was happening quite a lot, not just on this as the major feast, but happened other times as well, about eight times a year, apparently. So this, and if they didn't give what they wanted, they would put this dark spell sign over it. It's the circle encircling a six-corner star. And that would be an invitation then to get a curse from the other side and do all kinds of harm upon that family. And therefore, that's the old origin of the trick-and-treat that we have now and these apples. So you believe that the trick-and-treat of today is, in a way, subtly bringing this back into life as we know it today in the in the 21st century you mentioned there about sacrifices sacrifices human sacrifices today a thing of the past well that's what we thought but apparently it's not as unfortunately they're coming back and they've been there for quite a while but it's now coming more to the surface you know why because there's an alternative source of information before we were fed by the official sources now with the media we know far more so anyone out there can actually google some very good youtubes for instance the testimony of the ex-satanist glenn hobbs who's been there and knows what he's talking about he was born into a caste of high priests and he's been and his ritually espoused wife, a tiny little girl there, was sacrificed uh, in, on this night. And uh, then you've got the likes of Fiona Barnett, who is 
a test a witness to what happened i think in australia she's because the accent is australian vips were in this thing and she goes graphically through what was all going on it was quite a big uh, human sacrifice lots of children involved beheaded and it's awful i mean the details are kind of startling but it's all there and you've got others likewise quite a plethora if you go into the same section lots and lots of them all come up and they all say basically the same thing yes it's going on and more than we think that's horrendous to to contemplate that even today is this not something that governments and the law of the land are pursuing yeah one would hope that these would have that effect but apparently and this is quite upsetting it seems that they're being protected therefore there's corruption somewhere you mentioned tara and newgrange there and satanic worship hundreds of thousands of people come to tara and newgrange every year to see what's there they're not really worshipping. Is there something else goes on at these places that we don't hear about? Well, we know that they, they love these new druids and Celts to get hold of these places and recuperate them. I remember visiting a long time ago now the inside of Loch Rue. And there we had the key from the person who has the custody of it. And we could see quite clearly once you go inside, there were new chiseling marks of Satanic basically symbols we know when that was going on here. And we know that it goes on the same sort of thing in all the ancient posts. Um, in fact, I met somebody not long ago, a druid. He called himself a druid at Tara. So, and they've got a place where they chant away down the bottom there. So it, they do recuperate these places. Let's talk for a moment about the consecration of hosts in the tabernacle, which is central to the, the Christian belief and message as well. There are things happening there that you know about that are really not good. Tell yeah. us about those. Yeah, well, we know that they have to have every month a certain number of consecrated hosts and they, the demon knows which they are. You can't fool him. And they have deadlines and we know the sort of thing that goes on with them in these dark rites. They're trampled underfoot, insulted, but they're also they're desecrated in, in foul ways like... From what I can make out, they get this naked woman and they put them in the secret parts, that kind of thing. It's completely sacrilegious, deliberately, as maximally so as possible. And therefore, they're deliberately attacking the sacred. And also, we know more now because of closed-circuit television and this kind of thing, that people are going into churches, they're performing static rites when no one is there, and they always want the host. And the, the carelessness of sacristans and even parish priests of having the key around and people can guess where it might be doesn't help. And also, the fact that now... Holy Communion is given in the hand quite often means it's far easier to get them. So the price of consecrated hosts on the black market has gone down. It used to be more difficult to get them. Now they're easily available and they can use anyone, children or whatever, to get them. And therefore they're disappearing all the time, all the time, all the time. Worship of the devil, is this basically what you're saying to me? That there are people out there who are in league with Satan. Mm. You see, the thing is that it's a real force and the advantage of being in league with that side is that he answers immediately. He will give you immediately what you want on condition of your giving your soul to him. So that's the pact. And the success of certain pop stars, of certain celebrities, is ascribable to this pact. And also, if you compare a magician with just a conjurer, you see a big difference there. A conjurer is a clever man who's learned very well his tricks. Even St. John Bosco was a good conjurer for his kids. But you look at a magician, now the word magus, it's a Greek word, magos, it's somebody who's given, basically he's got powers from the other side and he can do things which aren't able to be done by man. I mean, they can do, they are magic. So therefore, that's what's happening. Now, do you know the so-called Church of Satan, by found, founded by Anton LaVey, it was founded in the 
I think somewhere around uh, the other side, California, there of America, way back in as early as probably the 70s, if not earlier, the 60s. And he's died now, but it, it was something which took off, and he was openly, overtly satanic, and he was the high priest of it. And it, it, what happened is quite interesting, because at the end of his life, something happened. He was dying... And an eyewitness who was with him when he was dying, just before he shut his death, his eyes in death, said this. He started to see things, and he cried out, Oh my, there's something wrong. There's something dreadfully, dreadfully wrong. And he died. You believe then that he, he saw the light at his death? He saw the wrong light. He saw he was going. He's going to the wrong place. Yeah. So if you live this life and you pursue this worship, you are destined for eternity with the devil. It's the pact that he makes. It's his pound of flesh. You know the, the play, um, The Damnation of Faust? Well, you've got this famous one-liner. The devil is coming for his pound of flesh there because he made this pact with the demon. And um, he's there in desperation because he's got the faith. And he's crying out, One small drop. Of this precious blood would be enough. Eventually, he expires and one hears cries. It's thought provoking and frightening at the same time, to be honest with you, what you speak about. You compared the magician to the conjurer. What about something like Reiki? Now, I know you've mm. spoken about this yeah. before. Mm. Are you a fan of Reiki? Well, no, see, basically, the desire to heal by all possible energies, which is in itself a good motive, is out there. And people who are engaged in these alternative therapies have usually a good will. They're not aware that actually the means that they're using is not safe because there is a progression towards the initiation of a Reiki master. And one of them is actually directly an opening of the channels, the chakras, and all that's in them to the powers that are out there, which therefore may not be all good. And that's the problem because they are real powers and they work because they're real powers, but they work for a while and again wanting the pound of flesh because actually the dark side can also heal to get that effect. They can also make ill and give apparent healing of what they've caused. But the energy is coming in there. They're invoking spirits. But remember now, we've either got good spirits or bad spirits or sort of indifferent spirits. You've got human spirits. For, for, they are what they are. But then you've got the other side. An angel is good or fallen, but they can be invoking what they don't know. Uh, the fallen angels are demons, and they can be in there, because we priests have to pick up the pieces. And Reiki, unfortunately, is one of the worst ones. Let's talk for a moment, before we finish up, about this thing of ghosts and ghouls and spirits. And you mentioned several types of spirits there. Human spirits, you know, good spirits, evil spirits. You obviously break them down, and there, there are differences. Have you come across places that are you know, inhabited by a very evil spirit. Oh, big time. Oh, yeah, no, in fact, I'm tempted to put on the, the yellow pages Jones and Company you know, Ghostbusters because people come to me on the phone and all kinds of things are happening in this place, get them sorted out. So the only way to sort it out seriously is actually to celebrate the sacred mysteries on the spot and, and exorcise the place and clean it up. And if it's powerful, you might have to go more than once. But the older the house is, the more danger there is. I know houses with it, which are really badly haunted, some of them. And you see, the, you mentioned the nature of the spirits. I know a case not far from here, actually, where the person died in a serious road accident to which he was not prepared, and he just died like that in in sin and so anyway ever since then the house that 
had belonged to him is completely haunted and it's quite malignant. You can't live there. Just This spirit tears up things and is a bit of a nuisance. So that's serious malignant infestation or haunting. You've got other things where you've got benign spirits who go around and kind of they, they appear now and again. See, what it is, they, they're stuck somewhere. Uh, we, we hope that if they're stuck and if they're coming back for help, that they, we can help them. But if they're malign spirits, that's, that's nasty. What, what's going on there? And can you go into a house and help clear a spirit oh, yeah. from a house? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you see, we only a priest can do it, and that's, that's why. I, I, one day I was going past, not far from here, actually, and, and the garage owner came. Ah, oh, just the man you want. Give me all the tools. And all this, just the man you want. Yeah, we got a problem. Can you sort it out? It's like, even on the closed circuit television in the place, it was all coming out. Objects moving. Objects moving. Oh, apparently somebody died here. Anyway, sorted out. So I went and celebrated the secret there after work there after their work when there was no one there, and um, we cleared it up a bit. But it's it's calmed down a bit. But it's not malign. But it's it's a nuisance. The objects. Are still moving around you see that there's not a rest and do you come into contact with the spirit you say you celebrate a mass there yeah. is that all it takes do you, do you encounter it when you go they're usually kind of around but you wouldn't actually meet them it's just the effects you get from it if if it's serious it has to happen more than once usually actually it pretty well does have an effect that's my experience it does calm down quite a lot after holy mass yes but to answer your question, I wouldn't have had direct contact like that. But with the people involved, I would have lodged. Oh, yeah. Yes, so you are sort of the conduit between yeah, them and the yeah, spirits, yeah. and what you do then calms the situation. Yeah. There are good spirits. You, you say that a moment ago. Yeah. There are good, there are human spirits and good well, spirits. Well, you see, the, the people who are, seem to be on site, I know of one case, for instance, you can actually see it on YouTube, it's a fascinating case. This thief comes into a house with a all his gear and then he's he's having a good time raging this wherever he is and then suddenly you see and you can the camera can see things as they are you can just about see this faint outline and then this other chap the thief suddenly turns around and starts to address him and he won't go away and he gets out his gun and you can see this gun shooting at the spirit and then he's frightened to death so he, bit by, he puts everything back in the cupboard, goes like, uh, like, like a, uh, a dog with his tail between his legs and, 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 and closes the door. So it was a benign ghost. <laughs> Your message today, Father David, on Halloween Day. What do you say to listeners today? You know, there are people heading out this evening to trick and treat, to enjoy Halloween, to celebrate at home. Do you have a final cautionary message? Yeah, well, if I were a parent... I'd always be kind and helpful to children because you don't want them to get upset about things or also sometimes you don't want to pull them out of things which can be neutral. But the thing is, it would be good if you're a Christian parent, I say, to have a quiet word in their ear. Look, there's more going on here than meets the eye because actually if one compares this feast with Christmas, Christmas now has to be just a good holiday and you mustn't put Christ into it, whereas this one is explicitly now sort of evil. I mean, satanic, it's the ugly, it's the macabre. So... A word from the parents to a mature child wouldn't do any harm. That Just be aware that there actually is more gone here. It's being pushed by a dark source who wants to be honoured. Father David Jones, thank you once again for joining me on Late Lunch this afternoon. I always enjoy your company and appreciate your visit to us today. Thank you. Thanks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.